0: And, and everybody, this is Dr. Kathy Nickerson, and I have been wanting to talk to her one-on-one. Oh, I've been following you for, what, a year, two years now? It's been don't a while. I
1: but thank you.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody, go right ahead.
1: Hi, I'm Dr. Kathy Nickerson. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist. I specialize in helping people heal from affairs, and I love what I do. I feel like this is my calling and my mission in life. And I am so happy to be able to help people feel better and, you know, stay together mm-hmm. if that's what they want to do.
0: Yeah. Uh, and, and it's a wonderful thing because, again, my whole thing, everybody who follows me knows how I started. I, I just wasn't even thinking. I just kind of admitted, like, my divorce was over. Here's my mistakes. And I just said, hey, I cheated. This is what happened. Don't do it. Uh, learn from my mistakes. And I just got attacked. But the more people came at me, they, they kind of mm. said, oh, he kind of learned. From his mistakes and he's taken yes. accountability. And I have. And me and the ex wife are like, it's like it's funny that I still talk about it. She goes, Why? My ex wife is like, Why are you still talking about that? That's so old. Aww. No one gives a damn. And I'm like, I know, but the internet people are going value. through
1: it. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's still happening to other people. And then I saw your profile, I think, about a year and a half ago, maybe two. Aww. And I'm like, she knows what she's talking about, obviously.
1: (laughs) Bless your heart. Sometimes, at least.
0: (laughs) So how did you get in the topic, I guess, of infidelity? How did that whole thing start?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Um, And yeah, just, you know, a quick note on one of your videos. That video that you posted about what Christmas was like for you right after your... I think your divorce or your separation Mm -hmm. where you said you were so sick and there was nobody there for you. That just broke my heart. And I thought nobody, nobody should ever feel like that. And, um, if only you had known in that moment, you know, what you would like when you were, you know, choosing to act out, if only you could have pictured that moment, I wonder how that would have influenced you. So thank you for being that vulnerable Mm. and sharing that.
0: No, no problem. No problem. But uh, how did you get into that? The whole, I guess, I guess the study. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, well, so I actually started my career as a psychologist, uh, working for the department of justice, uh, on a project to help reduce violence in families. And so I was, um, I was working with a lot of kids and working with a lot of um, families who are experiencing domestic violence. Mm-hmm. And I just kept thinking my, I, I wish we could have gotten to these people sooner. I wish we could have gotten there before all this trauma. And as you start to work with these families, you realize, oh, there's tons of intergenerational trauma. Yes. So after I was done working with the DOJ, I, um, I, I started my own private practice and then i started seeing all kinds of clients but i kept gravitating towards couples Mm -hmm. and eventually i just did exclusively couples and i was seeing more and more affair clients and i thought gosh this is a tough puzzle i want to try to focus on this and try to crack this and it Mm -hmm. was when i realized that using you know solid couples counseling techniques plus trauma techniques um, would really help these clients that I sort of thought, okay, I just need to focus on this because, you know, most people are telling people if there's an affair, just break up. And I know that it doesn't have to be that way. It can be if that's what people want, but it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. And that's funny
0: because, uh, I see like, of course, you're on TikTok like I am. So sometimes I see videos where a wife thinks, or maybe finds out that their husband is cheating on them. And (laughs) I see the comments, leave them, leave them. And I'm like, they don't know. Unless you're there, like, married with roots in the ground and you have children in a life. I've known many couples who found out their husband or wife has cheated on them. Before I became on TikTok, and there's people that have confided to me, and they choose to stay because, Mm -hmm. you know what, I love my kids. I love Mm -hmm. the life that we have for them. So I am choosing my own happiness, to sacrifice my own happiness for their happiness. So we're just going to move on. And that happens more often than you think. And I found out that there's a lot of men who actually – forgive their wives and choose to remain silent because they actually get criticized and judged by others. Like really, you're mm. going to stay after that? Like well, mm-hmm. what kind of man are you? But yeah. I thought that I found that out. Is that what you see yourself as far as speaking? Totally. To couples?
1: Oh, mm-hmm. like the go-to response from almost everybody is leave them. Right. Yeah. Whether it's a man, woman or other it's yeah, just leave them. Cause if somebody would do that to you, they obviously don't love you. Just, you know, And, and the relationship. And, you know, if, if somebody was truly out of love with their partner and having what I call an exit affair, where they just wanted to kind of get out of this relationship, and they didn't know how to do it. So they had an affair to kind of blow it up. Yeah, then I would say, Okay, that's fine. You guys should probably not reconcile. I mean, it's your decision, but I wouldn't recommend that. But if the affair happened because you were in a lot of pain and you decided this was the painkiller you were going to use, then, um, I would say, yeah, absolutely. You can heal your relationship if you want to do the work. And a lot of people just don't know people who've actually healed from an affair. Um, because most people, when they've healed, don't go on to talk about it and say, everybody update. Yeah. Uh, we had an affair last year and we're, um, choosing to work through it and we're better now. Or we mm-hmm. had one twenty years ago, or things like that. Mm-hmm. Affairs are very stigmatizing.
2: Oh
0: my God, yes! And uh, and again, I, I read your book, The Courage to Stay. Thank well, you. I played it. I, as soon as I we we spoke and booked a date, I'm like, I'm gonna play her a book. Aww. And I played it, and uh, I have to admit, it should be required reading. Like if Aww. you're getting married, as you're leaving the church, they should they should hand books, and this <laughs> book should be part of that, just in case, because to prepare. Bless because her. I read it, and I'm like. This is exactly what people need to do uh, in, as far as approaching step-by-step step what to do. But being firsthand experience and being, being uh, a bad guy, there's huh. so much emotional rage and that can cloud those judgments. You'd really have to be disciplined or really focused to actually commit those steps. And, and if you do, it's going to help kind of iron yeah. out the, the why and yeah. how do you got here, what you need to do. but. I was like, man, uh, that should be like a prerequisite for people Aww. who actually are getting mad. Just, just in case, keep it, read it. May not happen, Yes, but just read we it. We should retitle I it.
1: I hope you never need this book. <laughs> yeah. But in case you're thinking about it, read this mm-hmm. before you have the affair so you can understand yeah. the Herculean task it is to put the relationship back oh together my God. afterwards. And but don't and get... you think, oh, go
0: ahead. No, 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 go... I didn't mention her. go ahead.
1: Oh. Don't you think, I mean, one of the things I get push back on often is like what do you mean i should be nice to my partner and still be kind to them after the affair if they cheated i should just like beat them up you know emotionally yeah. beat them up for years so they can truly you know atone for their bad behaviors yeah what's your perspective on that
0: well uh again and i'll go into more details on why ha- what happened and you know what I, i'll tell mm-hmm. you some details that i don't want to disclose publicly after the show oh. just to kind of give some more details but uh, you feel as the bad guy for going out and doing this thing. you feel yeah. an incredible amount of shame and just like i can't believe i made this decision. how did i get here because mm-hmm. no one gets married to end up in that space everybody yeah. loves each other and you kind of question how did we get here oh my god right. and for me there was so much pity not pity. Mm-hmm. There was so much anger and shame that I was feeling on my side,
2: mm-hmm. and of
0: course, uh, she told a few people, so everybody mm-hmm. knows now. You're the one who yeah. is like, "Oh my God, really?" Now you're the talking point to everybody who's married around you, and now you're the mm-hmm. example. You know what, honey? Let's not end up like them. Mm-hmm. I don't. Don't be like Rudy. Be like. Mm-hmm. You know, don't do this. Let's let's promise mm-hmm. each other. Let's not be this couple. Mm-hmm. So now you're the, the example, and kind of the course pariah. now that yeah, and you're the, the you're the. Uh, and, of course, if you stay together, and these are people that are in your inner circle, so now when you have birthdays, quinceañeras,
2: yeah.
0: barbecues, you're, you're going to get Always the look. Always yeah. You're going to get the look. So there's as far as punishing your partner over and over again, if they're truly sorry and sincere and they're making the behavioral changes mm-hmm. to commit to you, because sometimes some men get busted and they say, I'll promise I'll change, and three months later they mm-hmm. kind of go back to their old selves. But if they're committed mm-hmm. to you... They feel bad enough as it is, and you don't need yeah. to remind them. Of course, if it's part of your healing process, go ahead and vent, but I swear to you, it's like a mistake that we are, to this day, I regret it. Aww. And it's been like over 13, 14 years. Yeah. But we regret it, and we're doing all we can to prove to you that we're sorry. So, yeah. uh, not too much. You shouldn't go out to destroy them because they feel destroyed already.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know that shame is so debilitating, and I think we can only feel that bad for so long before we just break down further and think we can't do it and if everybody in your universe knows about it and you feel shame everywhere you go you never get a break from that it's just exactly um incredibly painful so um i'm thank you for mentioning that about the shame i i think that's a very um painful thing for people to go through
0: yeah and of course i mean those are the the husbands or wives who actually feel upset you know some people are yes. mad that they not got everybody caught. does yeah. yeah it depends on Tragically, where
1: they're at. <laughs> they should but not everybody does <laughs> uh
0: but let's call let's go to the beginning uh so yeah. that's the end part so for everybody who is listening who is about to get married who was engaged maybe they're a couple years into their marriage yeah what is the genesis of an affair like where does those little signs mm. what does that indicate and what does that look like
1: yeah, I mean, I think the reason people have affairs is because they're in pain, right? And I'm not trying to excuse affairs or give people an out. I'm just saying that, as you said a couple of minutes ago, right? Nobody has an aff- nobody gets married to have an affair, right? So a lot of people have never learned how to cope with their feelings. Um, growing up, they may have had a lot of complicated things going on. Um, maybe they came from an abusive background. Maybe they came from a neglectful background and sometimes Mm -hmm. it's through nobody's fault, right? Like maybe it's a single mom who's working two or three jobs to just keep the family, you know, afloat, but there's nobody there who's, you know, showing up for the kids or taking care of their feelings. And they they develop kind of unhealthy ways to cope. Mm -hmm. Um, and these people really, really struggle with, um, knowing their feelings, managing their feelings, coping with difficult feelings, and they find creative ways to feel better, right? Mm -hmm. I had uh, a client who came from a situation like what I described, who was um, like doing drugs and gambling at 10. And I thought, how did you get there at 10? He's like, well, you know, the guy on the corner was consistently there and was asking about me every day after school. So like he was my buddy. And when I had problems, I turned Mm -hmm. to him and Things went from there. So mm-hmm. long answer, um, which I'm notorious for. Uh, oh, I love it. Go <laughs> ahead. This is the podcast. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, good. good I'll luck. just ramble for 45 minutes on this question. <laughs> but the genesis of affairs is deep. For most people is deeply rooted. We even mm-hmm. know that, you know, there's a genetic component to infidelity. So yes, trauma's a component, a lack of coping skills is a component, a um, component, Lack of really good communication or relationship skills are components, but ultimately, ultimately, the genesis, the origin of an affair is somebody's in pain and they don't know healthy ways to deal with it, or they've exhausted their limited toolkit, and then they choose a, a poor coping skill, which is an affair.
0: Yes, and what year? I know with your experience and talking to you know possibly thousands of couples, you know all over the world, what. Is there like a timeline or a common denominator when you see this occurring? Is it the third year or they say the seven-year itch? Is there a certain period and when this starts to happen?
1: You know, um, what I can tell you is that there are two times in a marriage that are sort of turbulent. Year seven and year 14. And I haven't looked the research up on this in a long, long time. But Mm -hmm. I remember that being the case. And I think... Maybe it's because, you know, by the time you're year seven, maybe you have small kids and mm-hmm. that's, um, you know, a painful experience for some people. You lose a lot of your life and your ability to, you know, do things outside the house that you want to do and you don't have mm-hmm. those outlets anymore. Right. And year 14 is, you know, maybe people who have sort of changed, right? Yes. Um, throughout the course of the, the marriage. We get married with the best of intentions, but we keep changing as people. And, Mm -hmm. you know, this is not a super romantic viewpoint, but I think, you know, when it's a long lasting marriage or to to pick somebody that's a partner for you and you're going to have a long lasting marriage, it's kind of a crapshoot. We don't know. You know, it's um, sometimes you change in compatible ways and sometimes you don't. You change in very incompatible ways. Mm So Seven and fourteen years. The seven-year point and the fourteen-year point are risky times. Um, People are very high risk for an affair, you know, starting in their early thirties through their mid forties. So that's the the complicated time for early
0: thirties, right here.
1: Yeah. Okay. (laughs) How long had you been married when that happened?
0: Uh, Seven years.
1: Seven years. Isn't that interesting?
0: yeah 7 years and for us i've been very vocal about this and uh, what had happened is we had kids and we're not blaming i'm not blaming the kids no but not. children uh, are, are, are you are you mother do you have children
1: no i have nephews and both nephews
0: okay okay <laughs> well with when we had kids it's like uh we were so consumed oh my god we got children it's like unconditional love we love them and yeah. we forgot to be husband and wife we were just yeah. mom and dad and those yeah. roles just we forgot about them and years went by with us not you know, getting a babysitter for our alone time. And we just got lost in that space. Mm -hmm. And uh, I always tell people, like, if you have kids, it's going to change everything in your marriage, but you have to be very fluid and understand that it's changing, but things will get better. Your time will come around again when the kids get older and such. But again, you do have to make adjustments and sacrifices. Mm -hmm. But that was us. We just were so Mm -hmm. consumed with being mom and dad uh, that we forgot to be husband and wife and um, amongst other things. But yeah, it was was the seven year period. And you said early 30. So what is it about the early 30s? You think that has people like thinking, hmm, maybe leaving and going to somebody else's bedroom?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of people get married, you know, earlier and by the time they're in the early thirties, they realize, wow, this isn't exactly what I thought it would be. Um, I think some people have some FOMO, right? Like, what have I? What am I missing out on? Yep. And other people probably are, you know, having having young kids and that's a really hard experience. You know, it's just, um, it's very hard to, to live for someone else and mm-hmm. parenting is, is difficult and painful and you almost always feel like you're doing it wrong. So um, if you don't have a pretty solid relationship, I think the pressure of kids can um, really cause things to implode.
0: Yeah. Uh, I 100% agree. And for me, if I can be honest, because again, I've spoken yeah. to other men and women who've, who've cheated. As soon as I confess on, on social media, which I don't know why I did, but I did, but here we are. It's all worked bless out your great. heart. Yep, <laughs> thank you. Um, so I, my inbox was just blowing up with men and women, and fighting telling me their stories and what they did. Yeah. And I have an Excel sheet of about maybe 4,700 people that I kind of wow. say gender. So there, there's my data. So whenever I make a video, I'm yeah. not like talking out of my ass. I'm like, this is what you told me. So this is what I've heard. That's and cool. a lot of the times, as you mentioned, the 30 year mark is what women have told me is that they're, they had kids maybe 24, 25. Now the kids mm-hmm. are six or five years old. They're going to school. Mm-hmm. Now they have eight hours to themselves. So now mm-hmm. they're going to the gym. And now they're finding getting that freedom and they're losing weight. And a lot of them mm-hmm. say that I'm looking good. I haven't looked as good since I was in early 20s. They're getting that mm-hmm. confidence again and they're getting attention. And mm-hmm. that's kind of like one item on how it all starts. And for men as well, yeah. like the babies are like now self-sufficient. The guys lose yeah. weight. That's what happened to me. I lost weight. I lost all my baby fat and I got my braces off. And all of a sudden I started getting attention.
2: Mm-hmm. And I have
0: never in my life got attention.
2: Mm-hmm. And it
0: was like it, mm. it's well, it's like like wait, I guess I'm not ugly, you know, like there's yeah. attractive, just attractive women that are wanting to talk to yeah. me. So I remember it was like a huge temptation, like oh my god, oh, but that's sure. what I hear that happens a lot at the thirty year stage.
1: That makes sense, and I would think that's especially complicated if your relationship is strained at that time, because yeah. if you and your partner have sort of grown apart and you feel sort of unloved by them or not very desired by them or not very appealing to them, whatever. And then here mm-hmm. comes this stranger who's looking pretty cute and is interested in you. That is a very powerful attractant, right? Like you yes. really want to, you know, <laughs> experience <laughs> that. So I, I can imagine that that's true for a lot of people.
0: Yeah. And also the career point, as you mentioned, we've you, grown into two different people you know, one's excelling in a career, maybe one isn't. Mm-hmm. Some women have told me that their husband was jealous of their success, vice versa mm-hmm. as well, because they have just became two different people. So mm-hmm. I, I totally, I've always said, and I don't know if you agree with me uh,
2: mm-hmm. with
0: this statement or not, but I've always said, don't get married in your early 20s. Mm-hmm. I say, you just left your mom's house. Just go mm-hmm. live life and become mm-hmm. who you are supposed to be. Find your identity mm-hmm. And around your late 20s, maybe early 30s is when you should explore, because that's the person you, you're going to be. You solidify your persona and you'll either improve or be stagnant, but that's who you're going to be. And I think Mm -hmm. that's a safe space because again, you are right. The growing apart piece uh, is, is pretty, is more common than anything, more common than anything. And the number of men and women that have confessed to me says, I lost respect for him or her because Mm -hmm. he had all this potential. He didn't do it. And he just plays Mm -hmm. games. She let herself go, whatever. I don't respect her. People change is what I'm trying to say to reinforce Mm -hmm. your point Mm -hmm. is what happens.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: No, I think waiting to get married around 30 is a very good idea. It's super fun and romantic, right? And mm-hmm. you know, as somebody who got married when she was 24, it's a miracle it worked out. Um, so I would, if I was giving advice even to myself, I, I would have gone back and said, <laughs> wait till you're 30.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, just because you're not fully, you know, done becoming kind of your... Grown-up self yet, and that's no, you know, diss to anyone who's um, younger. It's just life, you know, continues to kind of beat you up and chisel you. And yep. the longer you wait to get married, usually the better you're going to be at choosing a partner. But we run against this clock, right? If you want to have kids, yeah. you can't wait till you're, you know, fifty-five to find your partner. You probably need to start getting serious around. so Mm -hmm. I think your advice is good advice.
0: (laughs) Thank you, thank you so much. Um, What are some of the,
1: again, we're talking about that,
0: how to prevent it and how to identify it. Yeah. Um, What are some of the signs, early signs, that uh, one could see that their spouse is potentially considering
1: having an affair? Yeah, I mean, I think what I tell people that I think can help them is that a lot of people get into this Affair Bermuda Triangle. And you might have heard me talk about. I
2: did. Where Mm -hmm.
1: three things kind of happen at the same time. Um, The person is not doing well. Right. So they're having they're having a low mood. They're depressed. They are anxious. They are experiencing grief or high levels of stress. They are struggling personally. Then we they have, you know, relationship troubles at the same time which Mm -hmm. could be related to the first thing, but it could be its own thing. Like, um, you know, the relationship has just gotten strained because of kids. And then there's this third component, which is a trauma or a trigger. And it could be um, the trauma could be losing a business, losing a family member suddenly, or a trigger could be um, being a victim of a crime that, you know, reminded you of um, something that you experienced in the past. When we have those three things happen at the same time, people are at high risk, at least in my practice. And about about 50% of respondents on our surveys have said that they identified with being in the affair Bermuda Triangle. Um, So when you've got those three things happening at the same time, you're at high risk for an affair. So those are particularly vulnerable times. I would be looking, you know, watching my partner carefully, not watching for what's going on here, but watching Mm -hmm. lovingly like, hey, I think, you're you're not doing well and i don't want you to feel like you're alone in this let's talk or let's get you the help you need or let's you know do what we can to make this better
0: yeah that's that's beautiful advice and one of the uh communication has been uh, i guess a common item that you've mentioned anytime we've kind of spoken to the problem how to identify it what's going on mm-hmm. and i and i know for a fact that was a major problem with my marriage mm-hmm. back in the day because everybody says communication (laughs) is important like well no kidding but what people don't understand and i keep reinforcing on podcasts and on videos is that Mm -hmm. well so is listening and comprehending because we were both maybe
1: even more important is the listening i think it is
0: because we can share how we feel you know Mm -hmm. i can vent and tell you exactly why i'm frustrated or mad but if Mm -hmm. you're not listening and you're waiting to just reply it's just going on deaf ears and that yeah. was our problem. And, you know, we acknowledged it after the divorce. And I've taken um, that mistake to my, 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 my engagement now. Yeah. It's helped not just in my relationship, but in everything, talking to friends, family, anything. Totally. That a lot of people don't listen.
1: You know, li- you know, there's, there's a book that says that the title of the book is listening feels like love. And it's so mm. true. What Mm -hmm. we need more than anything to be happy in a friendship, in a relationship, is to feel understood and like we matter and that you care about us. So it's listening, absolutely, comprehending, absolutely, Mm -hmm. and validating the other person's feelings. Like we we just want to know that we're not wacky for feeling the way we do and that you care and that we matter to you. Mm -hmm.
0: Yes, that being heard is like the greatest feeling ever. Like, yes, someone understands me. I'm not crazy like you just said. So it's a, yeah, yeah. I think I think couples really need to work on that. And again, I think it's a skill set that many need to practice because we we can share love, we can express love. But when it comes to those rough points that a lot of young couples don't think about, like you said, losing a business. A lot of people think that life, if I play by the rules, life's going to go my way. I'm going to be smart. But sometimes life throws
2: a, you (laughs) and I both know.
0: Life will just come and sucker punch you, like, oh, my dad died, or like, yeah, somebody's got cancer, or yeah, we can't have kids. Like, okay, then what are you going to yeah. do now?
1: Or all three of those at the same yes. time. Like, life can really kick you when you're down.
0: Yeah. And it's how you respond to that, which says a lot about you, your character and mm-hmm. such. Are you going know, to break, mm-hmm. blame people and such? But well, I guess one, the point of what I'm trying to say is that when times go bad, and they will, mm-hmm. times you mm-hmm. will have some hard, dark moments in your life, but it's important mm-hmm. to communicate and share those feelings and to be heard. I think that's, if every relationship had that, I think we would have a a more Uh, of a a successful rate in marriages and less divorces.
1: Yeah, I mean, the truth is we're not really taught how to validate people's feelings. And that is the secret sauce. Yes. Like the secret sauce is really tell your partner what you heard them say that seems reasonable, that makes sense to you, that's understandable. And the easiest way to do that is to start with the, the phrase, of course, right? So your partner tells you, oh, I'm so upset. My, you know, my sister said this thing that was awful and now I'm worried about the party and that, 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 and start with, of course, of course you feel that way. You love your sister so much and, you know, she's always on your side, except it sounds like right now she isn't on your side. That must have really hurt you. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's exactly it. That piece of it, that validation is what just feels like, you know, Ugh, pure yeah. honey on our hearts.
0: Yeah. And to be honest, uh, the person I did have an affair with, it was her validating my pain. That's what it started. That's how it started. Wow. You're home. kidding. Yes. Can you believe that? Yeah. It was yes. like, yeah, like, you understand me. You're not judging me. You're not you rolling care. your eyes when I'm talking to you. Right. That's how it all started. Right. right. And I, I, it's just, it's funny how something, Again, you don't think you're going to do it, but you end no. up in a space because that's how it all began. That's why I always tell young men, don't you dare tell your wedding, your marriage problems to no female co-workers. Yeah. <laughs> because, again, that's how intimacy starts. Don't do that.
1: Slippery slope. Right. And, yeah. like, once you get on it, you are slipping down pretty fast, usually.
0: Mm-hmm. And that takes me to my next question. So let's okay. say that the communication didn't work out. You mm-hmm. know, the, They're already considering. Mm-hmm. Who are the most likely... Types of individuals that your, mm. your spouse is going to have an affair with? What are the most common?
1: Well, you hit on one of them. The number one uh, category of affair partner is a coworker. Mm-hmm. Um, so most people uh, cheat with a coworker. <laughs> Sorry. Don't mean to out you, but no, don't worry about it. Because uh, yeah, they're there obviously. and it's separate from your home life and it just yep. makes sense and you're already talking on a day to day basis. So it starts by, you know, like, You'll start talking a little more casually with them, like, oh, how are you? How was your weekend? And then it invariably crosses this line of, yeah, it's hard, you know, my wife is being a jerk, da-da-da, or Mm -hmm. it's a little nugget of relationship pain, Mm -hmm. and then the other person kind of double clicks on that, and then you guys are bonding over the pain of your relationships, Yep. and we're off to an affair. So it's co is the most common affair partner, then a friend, then a stranger, surprisingly. So somebody they might meet on the Internet or, you know, go on to a website to find um, gotcha. and then former partner. So somebody you were involved with, you know, before, like a boyfriend that you from high school you know, or something from high school, somebody you connect with on Instagram, whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, when you say friend, do you mean like immediate friend of the family or neighbor or like? a? Uh,
1: not usually neighbor. Uh, we asked on our most recent survey about uh, was it, you know, was it a neighbor? No. Was it a mm-hmm. sex worker? No, it was just a friend. So we didn't ask, is it your own particular friend or is it a family friend, but a friend. So mm. I hear from quite a lot of people, though, that it's a you know, like a friend of the family, right? Like yeah. somebody who comes over or the brother or cousin of the best friend. So friend. Yep. It,
0: with the data I have collected over the past four years doing this on TikTok, the most common uh, person is a friend of the family. And just recently I, I was inspired by your survey, by the way, you, you did like uh, a Microsoft Form survey. I'm like, you know what? I'm stealing that. So I went to Facebook. That's great.
2: <laughs> Do it.
0: And, uh, and I'm like, okay, uh, if you've cheated on your spouse, yeah. Yes or no, what year did you cheat, and who yes. was it with? And I left it kind of free for And many of them said, the one that really stood out to me was, we've been married 27 years, mm. and I'm having, I've, been, I've had a seven-year affair with my husband's best friend. Mm. They've known each other since kinder, but the relationship, do do oh. I, the relationship happened, is, according to her, is we bonded over the past 10 years. We, we did everything together. We went camping. We, we went on family trips. Everybody brought mm. their families together, and before you know it, it's something started to trickle mm-hmm. and uh, of course alcohol was involved. Everyone's drinking and mm-hmm. they started confiding into him. And before you know it, they've been having a physical affair for the past seven mm-hmm. years. And I s- responded, so what are you going to do? She mm-hmm. goes, uh, I don't know, mm. but, but, Oh my God. Can you imagine the you know? best friend you've known since kinder?
1: Oh, that would just be, yeah. I mean, it happens more often uh, I know. than, than people know. Um, and, you know, it's a double betrayal because it's your best friend friend. and your partner. And that's just like, wow, I really, I really can't trust anybody because both of these people who love me did Mm -hmm. this to me, knowing that it would destroy me. So, you know, the the truth is, I think in all relationships, there's times when you're closer and times when you're further apart. And -hmm. when you notice that you're further apart, you should do something very intentionally to try to get closer again. But sometimes in that space, when we're growing apart, we decide to lean into somebody else. And what we don't realize is that we end up taking all this energy that we would have put into our relationship and investing it in somebody else. And so now you're having this affair, right? Which is its own problem. But all those feelings, all this love could have been invested in your partner and you guys could have probably grown closer back to each other. So I, I, if I was talking to that lady, I would say, so, you know, um, let's, Let's change course, because Mm -hmm. unless you really want to leave your husband for this person, we need to start replugging back into this relationship. And it's going to be painful, right? Because you're going to miss your AP. But if unless you really want that, you need to stop doing the thing that's causing your marriage to crumble and reinvest and build this back up.
0: Right, right. for the most part we've been talking about that emotional need here being validated and Mm -hmm. those items i want to kind of gear to sex so Mm -hmm. when it comes to sex i know Mm -hmm. the the typical cliche story that we've heard is that Mm -hmm. he wasn't getting enough so he went elsewhere Mm -hmm. uh or sometimes vice versa depending on you know the marriage of what's going on he's like many women have sent me that email like he he can't get hard. What do I do? Like, like, he's not interested in me. I'm like, oh, I can't answer that or give you a solution with a text. Mm-hmm. Get a counselor. <laughs> you know, I can't, <laughs> I can't solve that. But how often, um, I guess, is sex an item? Like, uh, in other words, they've spoken to their wives. Let me kind of rewind that question. What yeah. do you advise somebody who is in a marriage right now who is yes. in a dead bedroom situation who okay. is considering cheating because he's spoken to his wife or she's spoken to her husband and says, look, I need this and they're not willing to do it. What yeah. solutions can you give them to fix that?
1: Yeah. I mean, the first thing I would ask is, so why do you think it's a dead bedroom situation? And good, good, I would good be, be curious. What the, it's so simple. It makes sense. Why do you think this is happening? Yeah. Um, and then I would ask, have you guys talked about it? Like really talked about it? Um, mm-hmm. And so let's just say they've talked, but there's no clear answer. Then I would say, okay, so we need to ask for what we want. And we also need to try to understand why the other person is maybe struggling to give it to us. So men, you know, historically have said to me, you know, yeah, my wife just doesn't have a sex drive anymore. It doesn't want, Mm -hmm. Is not into me and doesn't want to have sex anymore. And I don't understand why. I'm just like, so I'll ask like, why do you think that is? Oh, I have no idea. Okay. (laughs) And so, you know, I don't mean this to sound, you know, patriarchal or condescending, but then we go down this rabbit hole of like, okay, well, how much of the chores are you sharing? Or is she doing all of it? Oh, she's doing most of it. Okay. And what about taking care of the kids? Yeah, that's kind of her job. You know, I'm doing, I'm doing my Mm. stuff and she takes care of the kids. Like, Okay. So does she have a lot of energy at the end of the day do you guys put much energy into the relationship does she feel loved and valued because most intimacy problems have nothing to do with the bedroom they really have to do with emotional connection so Mm -hmm. for for women you know at least historically and i think this is changing now which i'm so glad for women were sort of expected to do everything right we Mm -hmm. were expected to basically take care of the kids take care of the house take care of all of the mental load of doing everything the house needs, hey the which bills. is ex-
2: sometimes, yeah, right? Mm-hmm, sometimes.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not trying to minimize what men would do and contribute, understand. but there's a lot of like chores and tasks and checklists yeah. and that is very depleting. And now, you know, in the last 30 years or so, it's like, Oh, and you can also have a job if you want, but I still really need you to like take care of the house and dial that all in. So mm-hmm. um, I guess this is a long way to say if the, if the bedroom seems dead, let's take a look at your relationship because people who are into each other often want to be intimate with each other, but sometimes they're exhausted. Sometimes they don't feel good. Sometimes they feel unloved. Sometimes they don't feel safe and we need to understand why. Um, right. and I think for men, a lot of men, you know, have told, uh, told me that they feel unappreciated and, and unvalued or undervalued that just, they're there and sort of they're an afterthought or their partner is mean to them. And it's hard to be really excited to be cuddly and intimate with somebody that's mean to you. So we've got to look at what's going on in the relationship before we look at what's going on in the bedroom.
0: Part of your book. I love the fact when you're, you're saying, and again, I, I absolutely loved it again, being the bad guy. In the story, Aww. I love I'm glad. the steps and the empathy you show. Like I'm sorry, you keep, you keep saying I'm sorry. You're going through this. I know it's hard, and that's yeah. to somebody in the moment and having those emotions. I know that would mean a lot to the listener. Aww. FYI, and you did a great job narrating it on Audible. Thank you. <laughs> How long did that take? By the way,
1: let's see. I think it took ten or twelve hours of recording to produce. Actually, like uh, yeah. Twelve hours of recording to produce a six, a little bit over a six-hour audio. Wow. Recording.
0: Okay, I'm working on mine, so I'm I'm oh. asking for like advice. So,
1: yeah, you know what? Don't worry about making mistakes. It, I yeah. think, it happens, and you get tired. And you know, I found that like initially, I thought I could, uh, <laughs> I thought I could just like read, you know, for like five hours, and that'd be mm-hmm. fine. No, mm-hmm. turns out I can basically read for two hours, and by the third hour. I'm a little bit of, you know, Like yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Can we take five? You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just kidding.
1: Exactly. No, I would honestly say that. I would just start blurring words and saying random words. And that was mm-hmm. when it was time to take a break.
0: Yeah. But going back to your book, uh, yeah. the communication, when you're talking to your spouse, if you're the, the hurt, the person who was hurt or the person who mm-hmm. cheated, there's a lot of why uh, conversations. Why did you do this? Yes. And I think being in that space at one point in my life, the, the people involved in that conversation really have to be brave enough to be honest. Cause yes. if you're not honest and tell, yes. for example, I'm not attracted to you. How are you going to gonna
1: you fix if, it if you're yeah, not honest? I'm not
0: attracted to you cause you gain weight or I'm not, want to sleep with you because you don't satisfy me. You know, mm-hmm. you have to be raw and honest. Everything's out in the open. Now it's make or break. And I'm curious how many people are going to take advantage of that moment to, to be honest, to finally say, I don't like blank. This is actually yeah. why I left. Uh, and going back to tying it back to my story, I was in that same situation. Yes, um, I was constantly being just belittled and mm-hmm. can't do anything right, etc. So I felt mm-hmm. like a failure. But at the yeah. same time, she didn't want to sleep with me at one point. Yeah. And after years of just conversation, after the fact, she says, can I yeah. tell you something? Can I tell you why I didn't want to sleep with you? I'm like, yeah. She told me this after the divorce. She goes, you were horrible Thank in you. bed. I'm like, damn it. What? Why didn't you tell me? I would have improved upon it, and she goes, and I go, you know what? You're right. I grew up through porn. The guys watch porn, so they think that's the way you're supposed to make love to a woman, and it's not the right way. So I thought I was Mr. Casanova in bed the whole time. I didn't know what I was doing.
1: And I'm like, why didn't you tell me? I would have. So brave of you to say that. Yeah. Oh, I've said it
0: on lives and many videos. Oh, have you? Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. But it's the truth. It's the truth. I think a lot of guys think we're great. But we're not.
1: We would all technically, I mean, how would we know, right? Like, it's it's complicated because people don't always give us feedback. And if somebody loves us, they're cautious about how they want to give us feedback, which is good. Like, there's a kind Mm. way to say everything. But, yeah, if you're in a marriage, why the hell wouldn't you say something? Like, let's try to fix this instead of just being nice.
0: Saying no. And
1: saying nothing (laughs) or saying no. That's even worse.
0: Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, sorry. Wow. No, I learned from that mistake. I'm, like, I'm glad. I'm glad you told me. I've improved upon that. I mean, everything's fine yeah. now. <laughs> Good. But I'm like, you could have told me that, and and I told her the same thing. Well, I didn't like. Y- you were just lazy. You don't want to do anything. you were just like, get hurry up and get it over with. I'm like, I don't want to do that. So, it, yeah. a, again, it was so kind of at that point. But I think no. a lot of guys, when they say my wife doesn't want to sleep with me, often say in lives, I'm like, well, are you a one sided lover? Are you focusing on what she wants? Because again, like you mentioned. Yes, majority of the time, the genesis or the, uh, the origin of a dead bedroom is everything's on her. She's emotionally exhausted. She's tired. And she At just. Least
1: a lot of the time. Yeah.
0: yeah. And there's nothing there coming into the bedroom, right? Um, if he, buddy, if he, he does his share and he does everything that he's supposed to do, and I hate saying his share, but you know what I mean. Uh, but, and there's still nothing there. I mean, have you actually looked upon yourself and say, hey, am I any good? Am I doing it right? Am I listening to no. what she's saying? Are you getting defensive when she says, try something else? Yeah uh, there's a lot of things that the male ego, especially at a young age like if she says can you slow down a little bit he some of us will react
2: negatively stupidly to
0: that and like what do you mean you know like I'm not doing it right I'm not you know cuz we're all insecure deep down but I think a lot but of men she, need to that's examine true. that it's true i'm just being honest yeah all of us
1: (laughs) no i mean you know it's not like there's a test i mean probably some obscure place there is but it's not like there's a test you can go to learn about your skills i don't know what's going on in you know amsterdam maybe something who knows but um (laughs) no i you know i think if you really want to have a long-lasting nourishing relationship Then you have to be willing to be vulnerable and you have to find a way to talk about what the actual problems are, not just, oh, I'll be nice and just like not bring this up because that's a really awesome way to become resentful and becoming resentful will kill your relationship. So Mm -hmm. find a way to talk about it. And even the weight topic, which is super sensitive, right, for a lot of for a lot of us, men and women. Mm -hmm. I think you can find a loving way even to talk about that, right? And just say, I love you. And I love you as a person more than anything else. I am struggling a little bit with this aspect because it's changed over time. And I'm wondering if we can work on it together, right? There's a loving way to say almost anything. So don't, you know, don't avoid a sensitive topic just because, you know, you're worried that it's not going to be a great conversation, People Mm -hmm. are worth having, you know, difficult conversations, have the difficult conversation.
0: Yeah. And the bravery to do that because sometimes it's maybe it's something that you've been wanting to say for years and just never had the courage to do it. Uh, Whatever the case is. I mean, I've heard some crazy stories. Um, Some women have said I'm bisexual Mm -hmm. and I've been lying to myself this entire time and I don't know how to Mm -hmm. tell them. And I don't know whether to say it out loud or live a lie and some choose to live a lie and guys say I'm gay and I'm, I'm, you know, it's those, those types of sensitive yeah. topics can affect a dead bedroom or it can be a variable For sure. in the marriage falling apart. And I think Absolutely. if you ever love your spouse in any way, it's, you owe, you owe it to them to be honest about regardless of whatever it is.
1: Yeah. And yourself, right. I yes. mean, it's everybody's decision, what they want to share on what life they want to have. But if you're doing something that you're going to be resentful of in the future or giving your you know partner permission to do something that you'll be resentful about, right. then I think that's um, in my opinion, the wrong way to go about things. I'd much rather you, you know, say I'm bisexual, but I don't really care about expressing that. I don't need to express it. And I'm going to work with a therapist, you know, like sharing my feelings, but for all my husband knows, it's fine. We're, I'm into him. It's good. We're fine. Um, if you can live with that, fine. But mm-hmm. I would much rather you find a way to tell him that and say, I've realized this is kind of an epiphany for me. We're all good, but I don't want to keep any secrets from you. Right. At least not secrets this big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let
0: me ask you this. Mm-hmm. What is worse, an emotional or physical affair?
1: They're the same. I mean, they both, yeah, they're, um, they both involve shared emotions and betrayal and, you know, some people feel like they can cope more easily with an emotional affair, but it depends on, you know, who it was with and how long it was going on and how emotionally Mm -hmm. intense it was. Right. So a one night stand in Las Vegas is a physical affair, right? But if you don't even know the name of the person, you shared no details, there are no pictures together. Like if it was just this one physical experience, that is not as hard for people to get over as um, a two-year emotional affair where you were buying gifts and you called them on Christmas and, you know, you sent them, you know, you had all all sorts of shared memories and experiences together. So Mm -hmm. they're both really
2: painful. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, good. that's a good answer. Do you find that men, because again, the common, I don't want to say it's common, but just what people have sent me, yes. men are more, like, did you sleep with him? Men are more, they care more about the physical piece and women care more about the emotional. Did you love her? Is there—is there any truth to that?
1: I think that's true for the most part, right? I think yeah. probably women are more um, dialed into the emotions and men are more dialed into the physical. But I think that the reality is both parties have a really hard time with either kind of betrayal. Yeah. It makes
0: sense. Yeah. Uh, That that definitely does. I think for the person for for example, again, going back to my story, when I was listening to your book, I was waiting for the chapter, breaking up with the Sancha, breaking up with, (laughs) I was like, where's that chapter? Because there are times uh, that you may be in love with two women. I know that's chemically stupid and, no. You know, you're so, you're so lost yes. that you actually are in love with two people. Yes. And yes. To, to end that, it can be really hard for oh, that person. Oh, very much mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. You know,
1: you're very um, attached. A lot of the people who are, you know, cheating are very attached to the affair partner and they don't want to hurt them. And they often feel like this is their long lost love or their soulmate and yeah. You know they're deep in this mindset that sometimes we call limerence. Sometimes it actually is love. Um,
0: limerence is that what you said?
1: Limerence. Limerence, limerence I... is like deep infatuation, kind of addiction to this other person.
2: Oh, It's almost okay. like gotcha. a
1: stalking kind of mindset, where <laughs> I just can't, can't get enough of them, have to have them. Where it's not really based on, you know. Mm-hmm. A true give and take relationship, but more like this fantasy of a person, this fantasy of a relationship.
0: Yes, yeah, because it's not looking back. Of course, wiser now, but it, it wasn't reality.
1: It it, it was just
0: uh-huh. um, you. It was two people meeting who were just emotionally yes. desperate for attention and validation. Yes, and. It, that was It was only the only side of them that you saw. You, there wasn't the real world problems of bills and kids yeah. and stress that were, yeah. was affecting. So it's really just a fantasy land. So I think people who are caught up yes. in that situation are lost in it because it's perfect. But in reality, and it's fun. And it doesn't it's hurt. Yeah, it's fantasy island. It's fantastic. It is. And it can be really hard to break. So yes. when someone gets caught and they're doing the steps to, you know, they want to save their marriage. Mm-hmm. In your experience, I know it, it can vary per couple, but... What is the average length of time that, okay, I've committed, Mm -hmm. the act happened, we're going to do our best to remedy this. What is the average Mm -hmm. length of time that it takes for it to finally get into that, you know, I'm content, I'm healed, and we can move on?
1: Yeah, you know, it varies so much um, based on a variety of factors. I would tell somebody a basic rule of thumb is one to two years to kind of heal from an affair. However, it depends on, you know, um it depends on any pre-existing traumas, right? So, um has is the hurt party have they had other traumas that have happened? If so, the healing is probably going to take longer. Mm-hmm. Um it depends on, you know, the solidness of the relationship beforehand. Um it depends on whether the, you know, person who has strayed is doing the work to try to right. make things better and being remorseful and working on changing, you know, coping skills, communication skills, and all of that. So one to two years is a good framework, but some people do develop um, essentially a form of post-traumatic stress disorder as a result of an affair, and it can take even longer. And they they need um, some additional resources, like, you know, they need professional care to heal from this because they were so shocked and traumatized by the affair that they need to do something like emdr to try to heal from the trauma of it
0: i've been wanting to try that emdr that's where the tracking with the eyes is that Uh what it is and it reset your brain
1: yeah eye movement (laughs) desensitization and reprocessing it's a very easy name
0: yeah, I gotta. <laughs> I've gotta try that out. I, my my therapist has been telling me about it. And I'm like, oh, uh, I don't need it, but I just want to try it because I'm curious.
1: You should. Yeah. You should. In fact, there's a. If you want to try it for yourself, there's a DIY version of an EMDR exercise on my website, so oh. you can do it and. Uh, it's helpful for anything that's traumatic or super painful for you. Um, Mm -hmm. And it just, we, it was developed by this woman named Francine Shapiro and she discovered that when she was out on a walk, she would feel much better after the walk, especially if she would stare at, you know, um, at one thing while she was walking and then focus on something else and was very particular with her eye movements. Hmm. And now we use this often, this, you know, kind of a controlled eye movement exercise, if you will, to um, help all sorts of people who have experienced trauma.
0: Yeah, I've heard nothing but great things about the benefits. I just want to try because I'm curious. Yeah, because it feels like it's almost like hypnosis. I I know that may not be the situation, but just the, the simple fact that if you follow and you go through a certain kind of yeah. coding with your eyes or pattern, yeah, it has an effect on your on your overall well being. I'm like, that's so interesting.
1: Yeah, it basically works by activating two parts of the brain at the same time. And mm. we're essentially trying to get some stuck memories and stuck thoughts refiled in the right place. So um, doing this kind of eye movement exercise, and it also you can do it with bilateral tapping, anything that you're touching um, your body, um, both sides uh kind of in opposite times. Um mm-hmm. any of that can help your brain refile things. So think about Ooh. it like um cleaning up a filing cabinet. Interesting. You want to activate one part of your brain while we activate the painful memories and then we can refile.
0: Nice. I'll look into that. Yeah, um, check it out. Going back to the the couple healing, mm-hmm. again, speaking from firsthand experience, the PTSD I wouldn't say it's PTSD, but there are like once you're in the healing stage and you're going about Mm -hmm. it, you can have a few good months. But Uh there's always milestones and dates Uh that the anniversary Uh of when it happened, or you're having a great day, you're watching a movie. Yeah, you're watching a movie, and then the husband in the movie cheats, and like, oh god.
2: Yes, and that (laughs) happens in almost every
1: movie. You don't realize how frequent there is the theme of infidelity until you go through this. But yeah, many of the people I take care of. Can't watch TV, yep. can't go to movies, <laughs> struggle listening to songs. So yeah, it's all there. You can There's get a, triggered so easily.
0: Yep, the pink elephants in the room, and it's like, okay, it'll pass. And I'm like, you want you all right? Like, why wouldn't I be all right? I'm like, okay, I'm just asking, <laughs> just asking. Yeah,
2: yeah. But uh, yeah,
0: for my own experience, it took about a couple years, mm-hmm. uh, and I knew she, there was going to be moments that came up that reminded her of it, and if she mm-hmm. had an, you know, and just she needed to vent. Mm-hmm. I was just going to take it because that's mm-hmm. part of the healing process is what the therapist at the time mm-hmm. told us. Like they mm-hmm. it's still in there, let them get it out and just kind of like, listen to them. Don't mm-hmm. get upset. And I'm like, okay, so it took a while. And again, that mm-hmm. happened, this all happened in 2008 mm-hmm. and we got divorced in 2016. So, I mean, there are mm-hmm. other factors that led to the divorce, oh, but sure. again, we were, th- that event wasn't because you know, it didn't, didn't cause a divorce is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the healing process, um, it can be, it can be tedious and it can be uh, aware because ultimately everybody just wants that feeling of getting back to normal and that can take some time.
1: Absolutely. And you know, I, I think you have to sort of surrender that fantasy for a little while. Like you're not, it's very much like the death of um, a family member. You're not going to feel exactly the way you did before. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, very sad and tragic and also good in some ways, right? There are Mm -hmm. some silver linings that come from these things because we don't want to go back to the old marriage. We want to create a new, better, stronger marriage. So yes, we want to go back to normal. um, But we have to understand that we're going through a a big transition. We're going through a big change and um, we're not going to feel normal for a while. And we should embrace the good days when we feel good. And when we have a bad day, we have to understand that that's a normal part of this as well. And we need to be very gracious and calm and supportive with ourselves um, and not beat ourselves up for, you know, sliding back. People Mm -hmm. are really wanting to heal in a straight line, right? They want like, okay, I was 1% better today, so I should be 1% better tomorrow and 1%, (laughs) you know, better in the next day. Doesn't work like that. It's really like going up a mountain. It's like, okay, you'll be better, and then you'll, you know, fall down a little bit, and then you'll be better, and you'll go down a little bit.
2: Mm-hmm. It's okay.
1: Just understand, today is, you know, going to be different than tomorrow, and uh, I don't need to beat myself up about it. I just need to do the best I can.
0: What is the success rate with people who've, again, were in this moment, their husband or spouse yeah. cheated, and now they're looking to heal? In your experience, what is the success rate that they've actually were to stay? Make it yeah. Work.
1: It's it's really, really good, actually. Um, so about 70% of people, you know, from our survey of 5,500 people who've experienced an affair, 70% of people stayed together wow. after the affair, reconciled. And it's really just a, you know, a matter of, do you want to do the work, right? Do you mm-hmm. want to... Um, try to recommit and heal from this and rebuild a new relationship or do you not want to and some people honestly don't want to and if you do want to you absolutely can and if you don't want to that's totally fine nobody should force you to do it if you don't want to
0: right i, I guess let me ask you this too because mm-hmm. um, i've heard people mention this to me as well that mm-hmm. they stayed but th- it, they stayed because they were fearful of leaving. Mm. Because divorce, it's is a is it, for, for it's people. It's also stigmatizing. To, yeah, divorce. I always applaud people who made the choice to divorce because it takes a lot of bravery to actually commit mm-hmm. and do this. And of course, everyone has their own reasons to divorce. But it takes courage to go out and say, you know what? I'm gonna. I've been in this life for 20 years. I'm gonna go to the unknown ether and see what's mm-hmm. out there. I'm gonna be financially hurting. I'll make it happen. But yeah. I'm gonna do this for me. Yeah. Do you think a lot of people choose to stay because they fear just starting over on their own?
1: I certainly think some people do. Right. And exactly Mm -hmm. how many I I couldn't tell you. Um, I think a lot of people also don't want to be separated from their kids. Right. They love their kids. They don't want to share custody. They want to be able to be with them. Some people are afraid of, you know, how the other parent will treat the kids if they did get separated. So, Mm -hmm. um Yes. People have those motivations. Um, and that is up to them to choose and totally they're right. I would tell anybody if you do not love your partner, at least a little bit, Mm -hmm. then I I really want you to think twice about trying to heal from an affair because you're going to be, you know, you teach your kids how to have relationships. And if what you're demonstrating is a loveless relationship, your kids are going to create that. So be really mindful about choosing that path, but it's your choice to make.
0: That's great advice. That's great advice. Then that's the choice that uh, I made because I'm I'm the one who filed, by the way. I don't know if many people know that, but I filed and said, you know what? I want to show my kids that you know, a loving relationship. I want what they're seeing here is not that, and yeah. I want to prove to them that you can get divorced, start over, and become a better man, a better person. And that's what they've seen. We have a. I think the ex wife and I are better parents and friends than we ever were spouses, husband and that's wife. That's amazing. Yeah, it, we get along great. Her ex husband's super awesome. My fiance, we all get along great. They, they come over for Christmas, you know? So it's. That's it's, amazing. Yeah, that's we all wonderful. Get along great. This was so much better. Aww. But uh, I hope people that are out there, I get that decision. I get the decision of like, should I leave or should I go? Should I just stay or wait till the kids yeah. turn 18? I'm like, if. Yeah. You only get one ticket to this ride called life. I mean, if you feel that you've exhausted every possible option to save this, and you're still not in a better place, uh, then do what you have to do. But uh, that's that's what I got to say to that. But yeah,
1: the goal um, shouldn't be to save the marriage no matter what, right? Like, yes, there should be a marriage worth saving.
0: You know, I'm gonna make a meme out of
1: that. Make a (laughs) meme. I would like a shirt. No, I mean. If you're miserable and you feel unloved, how are you going to show up for your kids? How are you going to show up for work? And, and you, let alone you yourself deserve to feel loved. So be very thoughtful about whether you really want to do that because yeah. um, you're right. we you only get one life. And I would much rather your kids see you happy and separate than together and miserable.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. Two questions left in the podcast, all right? So okay. two more. So this question here, who cheats more men or women, men really? Okay.
1: Yeah. I know, you know, it's funny cause I hear from men all the time. No, that's not true. It's like, <laughs> well, I have yet to see a statistic anywhere that contradicts this. Okay. So yeah, men do, men do cheat more than women, but women, women cheat as well. Right? So I believe mm-hmm. the, the current statistic is 20% of, Men report cheating. Thirteen percent of women report cheating.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I will say women tend to be a little bit better at getting away with it. So who oh, yes. knows?
0: Yeah, <laughs> there's some data out there that we some variables we need to consider. But
2: mm-hmm. uh,
0: with my again, I know you're speaking from experience, and you know who am I to question that? Uh, on my mm-hmm. experience, because of just the volumes and, like I said, the 4,700 uh, yeah. stories, it's been yeah. more women that have confessed to me. That doesn't mean they cheat more, but I'm just saying the data that yeah. I have is yeah. that they they. They tell me that they just they're very uh clever and hiding it and guys get sloppy like leaving their phone unlocked, things like that so i'm like okay um so good to know and the final question here is is there there any truth to once a cheater always a cheater
1: oh i'm glad you asked me that well um i I would tell you that people can stop doing anything at any time they want to stop doing it right So there are a lot of things that go into why somebody is cheating. Right. And again, Mm -hmm. my core idea is that, you know, uh, affairs are really a painkiller. And once people start down this path of taking this painkiller for their emotional pain, they often get addicted to that and they stay in that world. Um, But lots of people change Um, in our survey that we did um you know many people told us like i think about 76% of straying partners so the people that you know cheated um would tell us that they would only have um one or two affairs um and you know so that means 76% of people are having two or less affairs so mm. that's most people um and it's you know um it's it's complex Um, not everybody wants to heal. Some people can. Um, Some people are having affairs to, you know, exit the relationship. But, um, and there is one statistic that was interesting that was found in 2017, that if somebody cheats in one relationship, they are 3.4 times um, more likely to cheat in the next relationship. Mm -hmm. But, uh, that seems to be disputed by a lot of more recent data. So I think the best answer is no. Once a cheater, not always a cheater. Past behavior does tend to predict future behavior. But if somebody wants to heal, they absolutely can
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat because when people like call me out, because I still get every now and then that video that I, I made in 2021, 20, it goes viral again, so people attack me. I'm like, yeah. oh, we're going through this whole thing again. I'm like, okay. No, so, that sucks. But, and that's fine. It's fine. It is, like, that does not affect my life. The people that matter in my life, my, my fiancé, my ex-wife, yeah. it's nothing to them. So I don't mind it at all. Uh, yeah. But if it helps people, that's what I care about. That's all, that's all that matters. But yes. I've, I've, I've told people, like, when they ask me, what is once a cheater always a cheater? I'm like, no, because it's a behavior. It's a behavior yeah. trait, and if they recognize the uh, steps or the origins of, like, hey, I'm making these steps, and I'm actually mm-hmm. going to a place where I might actually entertain the idea, mm-hmm. if they choose to stop that, then, no, you don't have to worry about it. It's kind of like an addict, because you are right. Very
1: much In the much book,
0: so. you said painkiller. It's like, if you're in pain, it's kind of like a drug, and if you have yeah. a passionate relationship with somebody where the sex is great or whatever, that chemistry is there, it's like crack, it's like it's so addicting, and it can take time to detox your body off of that. Totally. And yeah, and you need some time and space to kind of get away from, it to get your mind straight. But mm-hmm. I've always said, no, it's a behavioral trait. If he's willing or yeah. she's willing to recognize that I'm not going to do this, then they'll be fine. But they have to avoid the situations that maybe place the idea on them. And many women have, and men. Well, I'll start with the women piece. Many women have told me happy hour whenever they're at yes. Drinks are flowing. There's high
1: risk situations, right? Yes,
0: exactly. That's a perfect way to put it. High risk.
1: Yeah. And, you know, would we? do we say once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic?
0: Right. Same thing.
1: You know, it's a very mm-hmm. similar phenomenon, right? This was just a painkiller to cope with pain but it also causes pain right like right. you said and i think you experienced significant trauma as a result of your choices right mm-hmm. like oh, yeah. you you were talking about the shame and you were saying like i felt horrible and i felt you know awful going around and being in these places many people kind of delude themselves right when they're having the affair like it's no big deal my partner doesn't really care about me anyways it's not a problem it's you know if, if she doesn't find out it's no big deal and then when they see the damage and destruction that it causes, they Ugh. realize, oh, yeah. yeah, that was not true. And so they then are kind of traumatized by how much pain they have caused. Mm-hmm. And they realize, I don't ever want to do this again. I don't want to be this person.
0: Yeah, they, they don't. They don't. And uh, I guess I have one more final question. I don't know, how, yeah. don't know how to phrase it, but I want to ask you this. It's okay. I, I always believe in cause and effect. Yes. If there's something that occurs, a lack of communication, a lack of whatever the case is, uh, it causes people to go elsewhere. I mean, like you said, it's a painkiller, right? Mm-hmm. Not to place blame on the victim. I don't like to use the word victim, but the person who didn't. The hurt party. The hurt party. Yes. There you go. The hurt party. It's, it's in, I don't think it's proper to place blame on them yeah. for causing the actions of that person. But if I, yeah. I've i been trying to think about how to phrase this since uh, I knew we were going to talk. And I put myself in that mindset. Yeah. Thirteen years ago, like, why did I do it? And I remember validating myself, saying that I blamed. Like, I tried for years to make this work. I tried mm-hmm. for years to talk to you. I tried to. Mm-hmm. I bought us bikes to go do things. I wanted, oh. I bought gym memberships so uh-huh. we can be together. And you always said no. You always wanted mm-hmm. to watch TV. And I remember blaming her. Like I tried, and you forced me to do this. Mm-hmm. I know that's wrong. But do you see any? The, uh, uh, do you see any okay. truth to that? I, I know saying it out loud sounds wrong, but is there mm-hmm. any truth to the cause and effect scenario, that type of play?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I appreciate the vulnerability in your asking that question. Yeah. I don't think it's ever anyone else's fault how you choose to behave, right? Right. So I I think that, you know, your your wife, your ex-wife, she contributed to your relationship being strained, right? Because there wasn't great communication and you guys were sort of separated and, you know, she can own that part, but, you know, she played a, you know, and she wasn't sharing with you a big piece of the puzzle that you needed to try to fix things. So she's responsible for the relationship being strained. Your choice of solution was your choice Mm -hmm. of solution, right? right? And, so if we could go back in time, I would say, you guys need to talk about this and we need yeah. to have a serious real chat about what's actually going on here or a series of chats and try to come up with a plan to, to address this. Because if the answer is, no, I'm not changing and you just have to deal with it, that's never that's really not going to work. Right. Right. So the 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 causes are usually varied. Right. It's that mm-hmm. a Fair Bermuda Triangle. Um. And I'm very sensitive to not wanting to blame the person who didn't choose this because, you know, they after the affair, they feel so horrible. They feel like I'm defective, that my partner couldn't be um, faithful to me. And I I really don't want anyone to come away thinking that. I think there is always another option besides this. It's understandable Mm -hmm. why people choose affairs. Um, and I think any of us honestly could be vulnerable to an affair if at, at many times in our lives, right? Yeah. Like, um, you know, uh, there are times when, uh, you know, if my husband was busy doing something and I felt alone and sort of abandoned and dealing with a crisis and some, you know, amazing person came into my life at that time and. He was paying a lot of emotional attention to me. I think I would have been at high risk for an affair. So, um, so long again, long winded answer to say (laughs) there is always cause and effect, but Mm. I think the cause of an affair is inside you. It's not the, the effect or fault of, um, your partner. One really great quote that I wish I would have had the brilliance to think this, but it comes from Esther Perel. Um, We have affairs not to be with another person, but to become another person. Like, we want to feel loved. We want to feel valuable. We want to feel attractive. We want to feel successful. Mm -hmm. We want to be that fantasy person. It's not really that we're trying to replace our partner. It's that we want that feeling. And if we could have gotten it with our partner, we maybe wouldn't have had the affair. But we chose to try to source it somewhere else. Yeah.
0: And the, I see it like, and, and thank you for answering that question because of course, I, again, putting my mindset back in my late twenties and what I was thinking, yeah. there's no way I would do it now. Like for example, I love my love witch. I love my fiance. I call her my love witch, by the way. I see. Uh, okay, good.
1: I was concerned <laughs> for a minute. I'm like, who is this love witch? That's and my, what have we done?
0: I, I told her that spells
1: she, have been cast.
0: I know. I know she, uh, I'm never going to get married. Here I am engaged. So I, I love her to death. Good. And I'm so glad. I, and I love the fact that she and I can have those conversations. And again, if, if we ever got into that space where I was going to mm-hmm. consider it, I wouldn't do that now because I okay. feel the, the confidence in sharing my feelings now and telling, talking to her how I feel and not being scared of the, the I guess, the backlash of like her getting upset with me because I know she mm-hmm. wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. So the difference between me at 46 and me at 28 was back then I didn't know how to communicate. And when mm-hmm. I did, I knew I wasn't going to be heard And Mm -hmm. I knew at the same time I couldn't – I was scared to bring up certain things because I didn't Mm want to hurt her. But Mm -hmm. now as an older person and more mature, I have that confidence to to communicate that to my my partner. Mm -hmm. And I know that would never be an option, in other words. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that there's a – See,
1: once a cheater, not always a cheater, right? Yeah, this.
0: And it's also, I think, in my part, a lot of maturity Uh, or emotional intelligence, whatever you want to call it nowadays, and being able to Mm -hmm. convey what I feel. Mm-hmm. in an articulate way, and having a partner who's going to listen. But even if they didn't listen, I, I still wouldn't commit that thing. But uh again, I think having that, that, uh, that maturity has been yeah. a big difference. And, and again, learning from the mistake. Because it doesn't really, it makes things worse in the end. It
1: doesn't solve yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah. You know, and find a way, right? Like, yes, it's hard to talk about painful subjects. Mm-hmm. But there are... There is a kind, gentle, supportive way to say almost anything. And ultimately, if you can't find a great way to say it, say it anyways. Yeah. Because I would rather you do it messy and get the point out than avoid it altogether. And be real with your partner and say, yes. I can't live like this. I I love our life. I love the kids. I love all of this. But I I can't live like this. And I don't think either of us are happy living like this and we have to change something. And if you tell me you refuse to change anything and you will not do anything with me, then I have no choice but to accept that. And I can either accept it and just sort of check out and be resentful and whatever, or I can leave. Right.
0: And that takes bravery.
1: Totally. To say that. Oh, for sure. Right. I mean, I Mm -hmm. still like, you know, I still struggle sometimes with telling my husband things that are, you know, mm-hmm. topics I don't want to bring up, but I know I need to. So you mm-hmm. know, yes. But go ahead and do it. Because the if you don't do it, the problem's just gonna grow and grow and grow and grow and grow.
0: And years will go by. Yeah. <laughs> you and you'll be it. so
1: far apart, there's like almost yeah. no way to bring you back together.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Well, um, hold on for a second. I'm going to end the podcast now. But again, Dr. Kathy, <laughs> this is, again, an absolute pleasure. Like I said, Aww. I love your content. I love your videos. Thank you. Because, again, I know being in that experience that the material you're speaking to is real. It's great advice. Aww. And I Thank hope you. anybody who listens to this, you know, if uh, I'm sorry if your spouse, you caught them or whatever the case is or you're considering this help you. To kind of guide you to not doing what you were thinking about it, thinking about doing, yeah, and yeah. have that conversation, that that raw, tough conversation with your spouse. But where can people find yes. you, Dr. Kathy?
1: Where can they find me? Well, they can find me on TikTok by searching for mm-hmm. Dr. Kathy Nickerson, um, mm-hmm. or they can come to drkathynickerson.com and check out all my cool freebies there, or they can read my book uh, or audiobook, which you can get on Amazon. So just type in um, Dr. Kathy Nickerson. The book is called The Courage to Stay. So Mm -hmm. I hope people will find that courage.
0: Awesome. And thank you so much. Hold on. But uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Okay. All right. (laughs) And ending it now. Okay.